Hi everyone and welcome to today's edition of our podcast and YouTube channel Ladies Who Lead and today we have the pleasure of a very special guest. Her name is Angie Miller. Uh, she's a mental health therapist, a speaker, a writer, a global fitness educator and she's the founder of Emotional Motion, a boutique coaching program that helps women transform their physical and emotional health. So welcome Angie and absolute pleasure to have you here. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you so much, Nori. I really, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I appreciate that. So yeah, I host Strong Mind, Strong Body, a podcast. And uh, Nari, I really appreciate you being a guest. We talked about why we self-sabotage. And yes, I do run a boutique women's coaching program called Emotional Motion, which is bridging positive emotion and mental health with physical, um, physical body. So I offer workouts private one-on-one -on -one coaching along with um, videos on things that are more likely to empower us and build our emotional health. So stress management, resilience training. I taught stress management to university students for five years in sports psychology. So my background is academia mixed with fitness, mixed with mental health. So um, it's kind of a trifecta of getting us healthy from the inside out. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, an absolute pleasure. And it's it's just so amazing what you do. So inspiring and much needed by so many women out there. And I love that, that whole mind, body, soul connection, because one without the other isn't really a healthy, a healthy person. Um, yes. Yeah. So what I really want to hear, hear from you really is how you got here. So tell us a little bit more about your story. What inspired your passion to bridge that, uh, bridge the gap between exercise and emotional health to such very important topics. Okay. Well, you know, it's an interesting, it's been an interesting journey. So I started out a school teacher way back when I lived in Kansas City, Missouri, and I was lonely and didn't know anybody. And I was teaching in an elementary setting. And so I joined a gym. And one of the fitness instructors said, you should teach group fitness. And so I thought, well, that's good. I'm bossy and I like to educate. So turns out I love that job. And that led me to move into personal training. And then I became a a school counselor. I got my master's in counseling. And then we started to move around the country and I grew and grew with fitness. I produced fitness videos um, that were sold globally and I had a distributor and I was full-fledged fitness. And then I started presenting and speaking at conferences and always staying connected to that degree in mental health, but not practicing in mental health anymore. So I started to speak, film videos. I'm bridging this gap between mental health and fitness. And then I got this opportunity to teach stress management at a university level. And I was a caregiver for my mom who is passing from dementia. And my daughters were going to leave home. And I thought, what am I going to do when I grow up? What am I going to do when I'm an empty nester? So I got this job at the university and started teaching stress management and a light bulb came on. And I realized I had moved way too far away from my foundation, my foundation in mental health. And so I went back into clinical mental health and became a therapist and became even more um, driven to connect a healthy mind and a healthy body. So I never really left fitness, never left academia, never left uh, mental health. 
just have found ways to nuance it and bridge it in my writing and my podcast and everything I do. I just want women to be able to feel good on the inside and the outside because you can't have one without the other. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I love that story because it's, it's very actually similar to mine. I didn't know this about us before, but yeah, I, I, did, I studied psychology at A-levels and I absolutely loved it. Uh, it was actually my highest grade. And then I, I, I didn't give it the importance. I didn't think I could build a career out of it. And then I went down the, um, you know, business route, getting an MBA, uh, you know, climbing the ladder in the corporate world. And then that only brought me back to psychology, which was actually yes. my strength from the beginning. So you, it's like connecting with your roots. So really interesting inspiring story and you've done so much and probably helped so many women already which is so amazing to see so now let's talk about let's talk about exercise we all know that exercise is good for you myself i love to exercise i love to have a balanced lifestyle and do different types of exercises and i know the benefits that it brings me you know um i couldn't imagine a life without exercise and we know that physical activity releases endorphins good hormones that increase your mood they give you energy and they they provide motivation to help people to achieve their goals this mindset uh, body soul connection which is the overall fitness of a human being as you said it also includes things like mindfulness relaxation time out uh, having hobbies which which um you know helps you to connect with your emotions so overall it's a very positive experience so what i want you to tell me is what are the biggest obstacles that you see that people face to actually bridge that gap between the exercise and the emotional health yeah that's a huge one isn't it I think that let's start with exercise. I think that first of all, let's just take out the word exercise and call it movement because exercise is a bad name and everybody says, I hate to exercise. And so my answer is always, well, do you walk? Yeah, do you, do you get from point A to point B? I walk, I use my feet. Well, that's exercise, that's movement. Do you garden? That's exercise, that's movement. Do you vacuum your home? Do you dust your home? Movement is movement, and that is a type and a form of exercise. And so I think that one of the biggest obstacles is people have this, um, this preconceived notion about exercise, that it means you have to go to a gym, you have to wear cute clothes, you have to compete, you have to quote, look good. And it, it's none of those things. You can move in your home, you can move any way you want to move that makes you want to move more. And so take out the word exercise, call it movement, and see how much you can move every hour on the hour. So can you set a clock and every hour in the hour, get up and just move for five minutes? There's your exercise. Because if you consider that you're awake for 12 hours of the day, and you move for five to 10 minutes every hour in the hour, you know, add up that time, you've moved quite a bit more than you realize. It's just about setting intention. So I think that the biggest obstacle is that people have this fear about exercise and this perception that it's about how you look. And frankly, that's the fitness community's fault. We've done a poor job of making everyone feel um, like exercise is something they can do and that they don't have to look a certain way to exercise. And so, you know, it's, it's about connecting with what makes you feel good and then doing more of it. If you love to walk, walk. If you love to ride a bike, ride a bike. If you can add something different, something new and unique, fantastic. But there's no right or wrong way to move your body. But I do guarantee one thing. 
without a shadow of a doubt, I know that the more people move, the better they feel because all the research supports it. Research supports that exercise can mitigate anxiety. Exercise can lower depression. So it doesn't matter what you do. It just matters that your body is in motion as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And often there are these preconceived stereotypes which, uh, you know, align men more to doing things like competitive sports, group sports, yes. even weight, things like that. And women think, um, OK, that if I want to exercise, then I ha that's what I have to do. But like you so beautifully said there, there's so many different ways in which you can exercise. Any form of movement is exercise. So do something that you enjoy that involves movement. So, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm also glad, Nari, that you said that about men and and because, you know, it's it's interesting to me that there's still this belief among a lot of women that if I lift weights, I'm going to get big and bulky. And I've been lifting weights for over 30 years and never have I been big and bulky because we as females are not generally designed that way unless we're eating a specialized diet and we're training accordingly because there's science behind weight training. There's science behind how many reps you do, how many sets you do what your rest period is and that's going to tie into the results that you're looking for so if you want to get bulkier there's some science that would support how you would go about doing that but i i assure women that lifting weights is just going to improve their bone density it's going to decrease their risk for falling which in fact is going to increase their mortality so we definitely need to lift weights we start to lose bone density at the after the age of 30 and and lifting weights makes us feel like um bad you know what i don't know if i can swear on your show so you know cardio can make us feel like it's a you know it's a lost cause like cardio is like we're chasing something but weight training is like yes i can do this you know i love it no, that's that's so true. And I, and I know you're right. We need to change our exercise style and type as we age. It's so important that we do what what actually suits our age in terms of what our body can handle and what's good for us. Uh, just another element I would say that I've observed with clients is often it's linked to um, a person's way of thinking. So often if a person doesn't believe that they deserve to be they deserve to have a good body or that they deserve to be fit, often people will uh, they will start off at a gym say on January the 1st and this is the reason why by February the gyms are half empty because people yeah. have have good intentions they have the goals at the beginning of the year and then they just go out the window because people have those limiting beliefs about whether they they deserve to be fit um and whether it's easier just to stay at home and say binge eat or watch Netflix um you know things like that which which obviously get in the way things that are more comfortable things that are easier uh think things just that just feel better in the moment moment but like we said in the long term physical fitness is actually great for our mental health great for our emotional health and obviously it's brilliant for our bodies as well so so yeah. yes yes i like that what you said about the sabotage because it's so true because you know with anything in life and this is what you and i talked about on my podcast with anything in life if we get good at it it comes with a certain amount of expectations and i think that sometimes people do fear well if i get really fit and i start to feel really good then am i going to be expected to always feel this way and look this way and that can seem kind of scary if your narrative has always been 
I look this way, I feel this way. It can be kind of scary and disconcerting. But I think that with fitness, one of the most powerful things we can do is build a tribe around us of people who like to do what we like to do. So I, for the most part, hang around people who exercise. I'm not sure what I would do if I hung around a lot of people who ate a lot of fast food and didn't exercise because that's not something I would judge, but it's not who I am. And so I would not have as much in common with them. So we have to find people who resonate with our goals and our dreams. And, you know, I find myself, at you know, hanging out with women who I think are smarter than me and more successful than me and striving to learn from them and to be a better, a higher achiever. So I think the same is true in exercise, not from a competitive place, but from a place of alliance and side by side. Yeah, because you can only learn from those environments. You can see what other people are doing. You can get involved in new things that you haven't done before. And like you said, that psychological connection to people who are similar to you, that like similar things, that only expands your horizons as well. Um, right. So I absolutely agree. And it's never about competition. It's always about collaboration. So I love that. So that being said, what advice would you give to women who want to want that feeling, feeling good inside and out, but they're limited actually by finances, um, mm. by other commitments, uh, which impact their time um, and general responsibilities in life. Because usually that's like the number one reason why people say, I haven't got time. You know, I didn't exercise because I don't have time to exercise. So how do you, how mm. do we do that? How do we have it all? Well, you know, it's interesting because I was reading um, a, a person who is, um, she she's in her 60s and she's an influencer and she's going to be a future guest of mine. And she was saying, I don't believe women can have it all. I believe that women at certain stages in their life, when they're raising kids and so forth, they have to prioritize. And, and, and in some ways I thought, I get where she's going with that, but I guess we have to define, first of all, what does it mean to have it all? And um, because... I don't want it all. I just want my priorities. And so we have to decide what my priorities are and what your priorities are. And again, it goes back to that point of time is elusive. You know, there are three things that get in people's way. They say, I'm not motivated. I don't have the time and I'm tired. Well, what they find in research is that fatigue is usually emotional fatigue, not physical, that we might be in very stressful jobs or have kids that stress us out or spouses that stress us out or whatever it might be. So emotional fatigue is generally what people think is fatigue, but it's really not. And once you get moving, your body says, yes, this feels good. Um, but as far as time, what I had my students do in stress management was for a full week, I had them download a 15 minute increment calendar for an entire week. And every 15 minutes, they had to log how they spent that time and, and then make a graph out of it. Because my point is, is that we have more time than we realize. And kind of like I mentioned, if we set a clock and we get up and we stand every hour in the hour and we take five minutes to walk around our house or to walk around the block, that's movement. We all have built-in blocks of time throughout our day. We all have lunch periods, usually. And so there are increments of time, but I think the biggest thing, aside from what I just said, is schedule it. Yeah. If I don't schedule my workouts, they're never going to happen. And I've been exercising for over three decades, but I literally lay out my schedule on Sunday night. I know when I'm going to work out, what I'm going to do, because if I don't, I'm likely going to talk myself out of it, even though I enjoy exercise. 
Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you're so inspiring to me, actually, because I absolutely love that, that consistency that you've had and, and yeah. how, you know, I've seen your page. It's so inspiring for other women to look at and say, yeah, you know, being fit, it, it, it creates that inner fulfillment and it helps people to be happy. And it's something, it's a goal that most women aspire to, but a lot of women don't actually do. Um, and and I, 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 um, I mirror that. I, I actually do build in fitness into my weekly routine. I know which classes I'm going to. I book them in advance on a Sunday. Um, I, yeah. I, I know which clubs I'm part of and when I'm going to be attending those clubs. So, I mean, it, and, and sport is really accessible to everyone. It can even be free, like you said going for a walk but you can engage in things like team sports as well where you can share the cost you can join like um, a cycling club you can join a tennis club and it right. doesn't really have to be as expensive as for example a hundred dollars a month gym membership which some gym memberships here in the UK are um, and and then once you get used to it you build it habitually into your lifestyle and then it slowly becomes a habit and then you can't live without it and that's really where you yes. want to but getting past that initial resistance of I don't want to do this it's difficult where do I find the time um if you build it into your routine then it's there and you know when you're doing it and you're committed yeah so, yeah I love well that. and here's the thing I'm in my 50s and so when I started exercising I exercised for purely aesthetic purposes mm -hmm. way back when that's why I exercised well now I've watched my mom pass my dad passed I lost my niece um, my family is not getting any younger. And now my reason for exercise has completely transformed. I want to keep my brain healthy. I want to keep my emotions healthy. Women, when we lose estrogen and postmenopause, you know, we don't have those feel good emotions anymore. We can be highly prone to depression and depression runs in my family. So for me, exercise is a way to keep my, my emotions healthy. If I didn't do it, I don't feel the same. I don't feel as good on the inside and that's what matters to me and so I think we have to check in not just schedule it and not just build in small blocks but we have to check in what's my why why am I exercising and for me I'm exercising because I need to keep my emotions in check yeah. and so that's my why yeah I'm not looking to have a perky butt anymore that doesn't matter to me yeah those yeah. days are gone yeah, yeah, absolutely. So your thought processes and the reasons why they change over time, but yes. the, the action, what the outcome is still the same. You're still exercising regularly and it's giving you different benefits at, di at different stages of your life, which is perfectly great. It's amazing. So yeah. what, what are some daily tips that we can give women, busy women, most women, adult life, they are busy. What are some easy, simple things that they can build into their daily lives, which could help them? Yeah, I think the one would be just getting up every hour on the hour. I think another one would be um, standing. So, you know, getting a standing desk or I literally, I wish you could see it. I have this cheap little thing from Amazon and it costs me like $14.99. And all it does is it props my laptop up so that if I stand, I've made myself a $15 standing desk without having to invent with invest thousands of dollars. So every hour in the hour, move for five minutes, stand for 10, something like that, or move for 10, stand for five. Um, we need to stand more. We need to simple little things. Don't look for the closest parking spot. 
Look for the parking spot that's the furthest away. Find a friend who will walk with you. Um, get a dog. I've never walked so much in my life as when I got a dog. Um, you know, and if you need to get a trainer, hire a trainer, but somebody who resonates with where you are and why you're exercising. Make sure that that trainer knows that not everybody wants, you know, um, big guns and tight buns, right? That may not be your purpose. Tell your trainer what your why is and make sure your trainer resonates with that why. That not everybody exercises to lose weight. Forget that. Yeah. Exercise because you want to feel good. And so connect with your why and then you'll find intention. You'll find purpose and movement. Mm. And plus, the more we move, the more we want to move. Yeah, yeah, it's a repeated action, isn't it? If, and, and you reward yourself for it, because when you reward yourself for something, you yes. repeat it. you're more inclined to do that psychological trick you can play on yourself. So with yeah. this daily routine, like we said, managing time effectively and taking small steps, being realistic, don't you don't need to become an athlete overnight, you know, doing you don't need to copy what anybody else is doing in, in your family or friends, do what suits you. I mean, cardio isn't for everyone. So yes. for me, it's about having that balanced lifestyle. You you don't have to overdo it you, you you do a bit of everything and and yeah you do some maybe something that could make you out of breath you do that regularly because obviously that's great for your cardio cardio uh for your um your respiratory system but also doing things like mindfulness things like yoga things like swimming yeah. which are a little bit less uh, stressful on the body but they they have amazing benefits which yes which I think fit very nicely with those um, high intensity exercises as well. So it's called right. like being balanced in the way that you exercise. And, and tell me more, is, is, is that something that you do as well? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a certified yoga teacher. And here's the thing. Wow. I don't think you have to beat your body up yeah. to exercise. In fact, the, the older I get, the less inclined I am to even want to do that or have any desire to do that. My knees and my hips don't feel the way that they used to feel. I want kind, intentional movement because I want my mind to feel like I'm being kind and intentional. Whatever I'm doing with my body, my mind resonates. And so, yes, absolutely. I walk a lot. I do a lot of yoga. And I think the other thing I would tell women is don't do too much of one thing. And, and earlier I said, if you like to walk, walk. But the, the thing is too, is that we do have to throw our body some surprises once in a while, right? We, if we do the same thing over and over again, our body is like a fine-tuned machine. It gets very, very smart. It adapts to that exercise and we maybe don't see the results we initially saw. So we kind of have to throw something at the machine and surprise it a little bit and say, hey body, how about this? How about I take a bike ride today? And then the body's going to be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And the body picks up because it has to adapt to new stimuli. And you go through that whole process again and you get better results. So even if once a week you could surprise your body, you're going to do your body so many favors. The body is such an uh, intelligent piece of uh, machinery, call it what you do, right? But it's very, very intelligent. And when you shock it, you actually make it feel alive. That's when you feel alive, when you do something so different or you disrupt the status quo. It's you, I, I totally agree with you there. I also encourage women to uh, like go at their own pace. So track by doing that, track your fitness. So compare yourself to a previous version of yourself, maybe six months ago, maybe a year ago. And when you see that um, incremental improvement, that itself give you motivation and it will, yes. it will make you feel more committed to do more like we said. And the other thing that I do and I encourage a lot of other women to do is have um, fitness goals. So they can be anything from a 5K run to um, 
for whoever seeks it a marathon right so or 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 like any kind of climbing a mountain doing something where you have to train for it because you know it's coming and I've done this before myself so you naturally will train for it because you know you want to get through it on the day so that's a great way to continue to exercise because you know that there's an end goal I love that yeah. Yes. You've got a goal. You want to do it. I, I like that. And you know, here's another tip that I have for women is, is do the five minute play playbook with yourself. So I'm going to walk for five minutes. Okay. Five minutes is up. I'll walk for five more. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to go for five more and just keep doing the five minute thing with yourself. But I also love that, that you said you're going to enter something, a race or something to look forward to. You've got this pie in the sky goal and now you want to train for it. I, I think that's amazing. It's like taking a college course and you know, you have to take an exam at the end. You're going to pay more attention in class. So if you know, you're going to run this race, you're going to pay more attention to your body and how it's responding. Yeah, it helps to build that commitment, that mental commitment as well, which is followed by the the physical action. So yeah, it really works. So that that's amazing. There's so many different things, so many different ways um, to build that into your lifestyle. So now let's have a look a look at um, the emotional part of it. So we. Uh, often people are dealing with a lot of stress in their lives they've got multiple things that they're doing multiple dependencies um and tasks that that creates stress and it's linked to emotions so how do we build emotions into this and how does that all work right well and i think that that's a really powerful question i think that we we have so much going on in our world there's so much stress there's so much stimuli women as a rule tend to be the caregivers they're the ones raising the kids taking care of aging parents um a lot of them are still playing you know more traditional roles some of them are working and playing traditional roles and it feels like their plate is always full and the burden seems to just you know never end i think for a lot of women And so I think that, you know, one of the most powerful things we can do as women is to find other women to support us. And so whether that be friendships or whether that be we join a meetup or whatever that looks like, we need support as women. You know, there's, I was telling a friend of mine recently who's also in her fifties. And I said, you know, for a lot of the young moms out there, there's a lot of mommy bloggers and a lot of mommy support when you're a young mom. But then you get to be in your forties and fifties and society starts to see you as old and your parents are aging and your grown kids are gone and you're pretty much becoming invisible. And you're thinking, where are the bloggers now i need help and i need support and i'm seeing it more and more now like on instagram where a lot of us out there are like hey i'm you i'm in my 40s and 50s and i know it's hard and you're not alone but that was not the case for many many years so i think as women we need to seek support but be careful what you consume find somebody on instagram or facebook and that resonates with you not somebody that you get off their feet and you feel bad about who you are find somebody who's sending the message that you have the tools and you're not alone in your struggles if it's somebody who's only posting la 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 then that's just not real life i'm sorry but the struggle is real for all of us And, and we need support. We need to take care of our emotions the way we take care of our bodies. I use journaling. Yeah, 
I, I journal so much that if I die, I've had people assigned to get rid of my journals before anybody reads them. So journaling is one of my favorite things to do to process my thoughts and emotions. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's, and it's a proven way that helps with your emotional health because it's better out than in, right? You need to yes. express yourself. It's so important to be expressive of one's emotions and feelings. And sometimes you don't want to talk to another person, so it's perfectly okay to journal first and then maybe speak to somebody about the parts that you're you're comfortable to speak to somebody about. So yeah, um, I, I also right. uh, practice things like um, mindfulness, so living in the moment, not, not getting too stressed about what's coming, what's gone um because that can cause a lot of anxiety um and then that also helps somebody to say okay i'm going to exercise today i'm going to live in the moment and i'm going to go and do this i'm not going to worry so much what's happening tomorrow or the next day um and um things like like you said yoga and even prayer prayer is also very very good for for us it's good for our mental well-being um and see, seeing the bigger picture and i love what you said there about women supporting women and that's what ladies who lead is all about so the podcast yeah. is currently speaking on it is about encouraging uplifting empowering collaborating and supporting women on mutual topics because we do go through a lot right and there's always somebody that they're out there that is resonating with what you're going through and it's yes. so important to provide that support because to not have it is is a very lonely place to be and it's completely fine to say hey um this is what i'm feeling this is what i think and uh, let's talk. talk. Talking therapy is so powerful and you get mm -hmm. inspiration from other people. So um, I, I love that when people are out there literally so, um, selflessly supporting other, other women. It's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. So yeah. I think so too. And you know, so support can come in in so many ways. Um, I think we all know that we have friends who show up differently. And so just like we show up differently. So if I want to um, do a little, um, you know, man slamming, I know which friends I'm going to call because some of them don't say anything, you know, outside of the box and they, they don't get down and dirty. And so, um, and then if I want to go shopping, I know who's going to go shopping with me, right? We, we know who we call for different things. And if, if we don't have those people, because I have had some clients recently who are in their 50s and 60s, who are devastated, who've lost family members and who say, you know, I once had a very big network and it's dwindling. And, yeah. and I can resonate with that. And so we just, I think if we can be vulnerable with one another, yeah. if we can say, you know what, I don't have it all together and my life isn't perfect mm -hmm. and i'm gonna try to exercise and i'm gonna try to journal and i'm gonna let myself cry when i need to cry and i'm gonna practice breathing and mindfulness but gosh darn it sometimes it still sucks and so we've got to be able to be vulnerable and and like you said get help work with a good coach work with a therapist don't try to do this alone mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. Yeah, to totally agree. Get the support that's that's readily out there because you don't have to suffer alone. It's so important to, to know that, understand that and, and go get the support. I've heard so many stories of people recently suffering in silence and then something bad happening. And then people saying, well, why didn't you say anything? Um, because people don't feel comfortable. So it's yes. really inspiring. So yeah, thank you so much. That brings us really to the end of our interview today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. And you, like I said, you are an inspiration to me as well. Um, so, and, and I'm sure the listeners got a lot out of this session. So really I'd, li I'd like you to tell the listeners and the viewers where they can find you and how they can connect with you 
Absolutely. So my website is angiemillerfitness.com and my program Emotional Motion is on my website under the eight week program. And you can email me if you're interested in being a part of it. You can also on Instagram and on Facebook, I'm Angie Miller Fitness. So I'm pretty much that on all social media uh, areas. And um, like I said, my eight week program is just a combination of emotional health and physical health. And so I give three workouts a week and then three talks a week about different ways of improving your emotional health. And along with that comes one-on-one -on -one coaching. So um, it, it, there's a lot of ways, Nari, that I think you and I are putting ourselves out there to help other women. And I think that to your point with what you said is that when we help other women, we also learn from them. And so I think that that's a beautiful thing is that we as women learn from one another. And so thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, see you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye.